Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. I'm looking at my um, Google timeline. Um, you know, with you, you know, Google keeps up with what you're doing, right? So I'm, I'm looking at my Google timeline, and um, I, I noticed that like the last week of April. All the way through the middle, I'm sorry, the last week of March, all the way through the middle of April, there's like nothing. You know, I mean, and you click on the dates and it says no visited places. So, you know, I, I just, I, I normally keep up with my Google timeline, you know, no, just in case I forget where I've gone. And, you know, it doesn't really hit you until you actually see how long you have been sheltering in place. So at the time I'm recording this segment, it's Memorial Day. Folks are starting to venture out. I actually ventured out. I think I put on a pair of pants for the, um, I think, the third time since middle of uh, March. It was actually the same pair of pants. They, they were sitting in the bathroom waiting for me to pick them back up again. They've been sitting there for two months, almost three months. And... Um, so I, I just, you know, they were the last pair of pants I had. I just put them back on. And, um, of course, now I have my face mask. It's included. And I, I, I'm not getting just any face mask. I figure if I've got to wear one of these things, I'm not robbing anybody. I may as well make it stylish. So I got my own stylish face mask, of course. I'll talk about that later. So um, so I, 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 I have to go out. We, we need... Um, you know, some more water softener, a filter for the water pump. Um, I'm, I'm getting low on shaving gel and razors, you know, um, and a few other things, cat food. So I go out to, to Walmart, and everybody's wearing face masks, of course. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of weird. But then I realized I, I'm just going to go right from pants to shorts. I mean, I'm finally being able to get back into work. I'm not doing more. I'm not doing any more teleworking, thankfully. So um, yeah, we're just gonna go right from go right into. And oh, I had to get shoestrings. Yeah, because the shoestrings in my in my high tops were falling apart. So here we go. You know, right? I mean, I I didn't really have much of a winter, much of a spring, but in any case, we got plenty of um, stupid. Stories, that's for sure. So let's just dive into it. For Mother's Day, I decided to get my wife a cookbook. Now, she likes cookbooks. She's got a cookbook for every three three square feet in the house. Okay. And she is a good cook. Um, so... I, I follow Patricia Heaton on on Twitter, and uh, Patricia has a new cookbook out. This you know for the 
it's easy recipes that are good and quick and fast. And, you know, my wife likes Patricia Heaton. Uh, she's been in some movies that she liked. And, um, of course, I, I, don't, did she, I don't know whether she ever saw much of Patricia's TV show. But um, I, I, I think, but I thought, well, this will be good. Um, now, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to get my wife this. She might like it. But um, there's an official Friends cookbook that's coming out. So you can make the iconic recipes from the show. I'm not sure I would want to eat them, but we'll see. There's a lot, been all kinds of rumors, but this uh, Friends-themed cookbook has now officially been announced. Friends, the official cookbook. That's what it's called. Friends, the official cookbook. It's written by Amanda Nicole Lee. It's going to be coming out um, September 22nd, and it's packed with over 90 recipes. Yeah, inspired by the characters of that iconic sitcom. Ever want to taste Monica Geller's cooking or... A bit of Rachel Green's trifle. Uh, what's not to like, huh? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. Yeah, book includes dozens of dishes that were featured in the show. From Phoebe's faceless foods to the uh, gang's classic Friendsgiving feast. Should be interesting. So, but, um, you know, if you're going to buy a cookbook, be careful. You, you don't want to get a bad celebrity cookbook some signs that you may have purchased a bad celebrity cookbook every other recipe calls for a dash of crack cocaine that's probably from breaking bad that's you don't want to get the breaking bad cookbook uh, there's a chapter on bill cosby's favorite prison food probably you want to avoid that signs you've purchased a bad celebrity cookbook it's called randy quaid's hobo stove cuisine Exxon stations are giving them away with a tank of unleaded. The cover reads, inspired by the movie, The Human Centipede. <laughs> now, I would buy this, but how about this? A sign you may have purchased a bad celebrity cookbook. Haggis. Nothing but haggis. I've had haggis, although my wife did tell me I couldn't kiss her till I brushed my teeth. It's personally autographed by Michael Moore and covered in gravy stains. Probably not a good sign if you bought a cookbook like that. Another sign you've purchased a bad celebrity cookbook. All the proceeds support the Lori Loughlin Legal Defense Fund. It's packed with color photos of Gary Busey grilling salmon in the nude. Yeah, how's that for the appetite? And finally, a sign you've purchased a bad celebrity cookbook. Five words. Chicken a la Larry King. Anyway, told you I put on pants, I think, for the first time or third time in as many months. You realize that most people that are working from home really can't remember the last time they wore pants? I mean, really. I, I know why I had to put on pants. I think once the pastor came over to visit. Um, the second time, I went to my son's um, high school uh, senior project presentation, and then I put on pants today. In fact, I'm wearing pants right now. Yeah, actual pants. But two and three Americans say they just flat out don't remember the last time they wore real pants. This is new research. Of course, <laughs> how much research did you need to do? Survey of 2,000 American respondents who currently work from home. Four and five said they spend nine to five wearing PJs or comfy clothes. So it's no surprise that seven in ten of those polled 
said they, well, much prefer working from home than heading into the office every day. The survey from Mattress Firm, of all places, conducted by one poll, found that even though the respondents live where they work, 44% said they've still been late to clock in, and 6 in 10 said they have taken a nap during the day. But is the flexibility that working from home offers employees bad for productivity, considering all the distractions? Well, based on the survey results, no. In fact, the opposite is true. Nearly three-quarters of the respondents said that they have been more productive working from home than they were in the office. Maybe naps are helping boost productivity. But, you know, it's funny, you know, with this Memorial Day holiday, I've been working from home since mid-March. And so when you get a three-day weekend, <laughs> where do you go? You're, you're at home where you've been working. It's kind of, kind of, kind of a bummer, you know? Well, getting ready for graduation, a lot of, uh, I see a lot of signs put out. We, we, the school brought us a sign for my son graduating. A lot of high schools have got banners and all kinds of stuff and all kinds of real, you know, trying to make graduation, I guess, somewhat memorable, other than the fact you graduated in the fat big middle of a pandemic. A classic high school prank got a makeover for the, uh, coronavirus era, when the Mississippi governor, Tate Reeves, read a fake name during a virtual ceremony honoring graduating seniors. Now, footage is showing Governor Reeves reading some of the names, including <laughs> um, Harry is Crack, Harry, A-Z-C-R-A-C, Harry as Crack, prankster Thomas Demartini, Claimed responsibility, posted a clip of the moment, which happens about 30 seconds into the video. The governor paused a moment after reading the name and likely realizing what just come out of his mouth. Reeves has spent hours over the past week reading the names of seniors who've missed out on traditional graduation due to the pandemic. So Governor Reeves even offered a tip of the graduation cap to the prankster on Twitter along with another classic fake name that he could honor. He says, quote, Harry's submitter has a bright future as a Simpsons writer. In 10 minutes, we'll be honoring more graduates on Facebook Live, maybe even Ben, the pride of the Dover family. Ben Dover, Ben Dover. Okay. At least he's got a good sense of humor. I don't know what you need for this. But did you know that penguin poop is nature's truly intense laughing gas, according to a study? You don't need to tell scantological jokes to induce laughter. You don't even need to listen to this podcast. Penguin scat will do it on its own. The flightless bird's feces apparently produces an insane amount of laughing gas, which has reduced Antarctic researchers to hysterics according to a new study published in the Science of the Total Environment. It is truly intense, says the study author, Bo Eberling, of being exposed to the guano's guffaw-garnering effect. The research originally aimed to study how a king penguin colony's activity affected greenhouse gas fluxes on an island 
north of Antarctica. However, the study well, inadvertently revealed that penguin droppings emit a ridiculous amount of nitrous oxide, the dentist-touted sedative that's become known as laughing gas because it can reduce patients to giggles as a side effect. Now, in fact, the researcher claims that the amount of nitrous oxide found in penguin poop dwarfs that of whipped cream containers, which are sometimes huffed by recreational drug users to experience an artificial high. So what do we have now coming up? That means, well, let me guess, the next TikTok challenge will be morons inhaling penguin poop and telling potty jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's your new new, uh, prank, too, you know. Get a bag of penguin poop and light it on fire or something. I don't know. Well, People are realizing all dads shake nuts in their hands before eating them, and it is hilarious. Did you know that? You might think TikTok is only good for viral dances or food trends, life hacks, or peeing your pants. But think again. TikTok is great for pointing out little details, albeit hilarious. And the current victim of this is every single father out there. Okay, people are realizing all dads shake snacks, especially nuts, in their hands before they eat them. My dad used to do that. Unsurprisingly, they are being made fun of it for it. Okay, my dad, would he would, you know, parch peanuts in our oven back in the day. My uncle grew peanuts, raw peanuts in South Arkansas. And so we would go down and he would literally bring home bags of raw peanuts from the ground, take them to our house, spread them out on like a a tray, an oven tray, you know, something that you would probably, you know, grill meat on or something. But anyway, and then put them in the oven, and the entire house would have this wonderful aroma of roasted peanuts. And he would take them hot out of the oven, crack them, shake them in his hand, and pop them in his mouth. I never realized that until I read this article. But, um, yeah, dads like to shake their nuts. So many TikTok users have shared these videos of their dads innocently eating snacks. Most of them show dads eating cashews or almonds, mixed nuts. My dad did peanuts and pecans. Some dads didn't even know they were being filmed. Some didn't know why they were being filmed. Others defended their actions. Alone, each video is pretty funny, and when they're all watched consecutively, it's pretty hysterical. One dad said that he does it to make the nuts more condensed after they have spread onto his hand. So it's easier to toss them in your mouth. In the comments of various videos, someone said that dads do it to wake up the flavor. I feel like uh, that's definitely something a dad would probably say, you know. Others speculated that dads do it so that the snack doesn't get sweaty in their hands. Oh, and then there is no shortage of gambling jokes tossed in there as well. Although um, nobody really talked too much about scratching their nuts. That would be a little weird. But um, definitely opens up plenty of opportunities for dad jokes, you know? And now, Dad Joke Theater. Darling, did you hear about the actress who was stabbed? No, who was it? Reese something. Witherspoon? No, with a knife. Join us again for another Dad Joke Theater. A man's attempt to make his bed for the first time in 45 years 
has now gone viral. That's right. Joanne and Jim Sterling, they live in Manson, Washington. They have achieved viral fame with Jim's unique way of making the bed. It's a chore he repeated, reportedly hasn't done in 45 years. The newly retired 66-year-old was handed the housework duty by his wife, Joanne, also retired as a way to pull his weight around the house. Of the creative bed making, Joanne noted on Facebook she doesn't think he knows what to do with the extra pillows. And you know those wives love those extra pillows. However, the basic stacking pillow technique he used the first day quickly turned into a more inventive and decorative process, utilizing the throw pillows, stuffed animals, and even at one point a stool and an inflatable flamingo. Joanne and the uh, couple's daughter, Jessie, began sharing the clever bed structures on Facebook every day, much to their followers' delight. I couldn't believe the interest his little creations have had. I guess other couples can just relate to a husband not knowing what he's doing around the house. (laughs) Though no one is more pleased with the bed making than Joanne. The bed stays this way until we go to bed, and I giggle every time I pass by it. She says, my favorite one was the very first one because it made me laugh so hard. It just keeps us both in a good mood. I'm glad they could do that. Now, if I pulled something like that, my my wife's OCD would probably be off the charts. Did you see the new TV special that featured celebrities cutting their hair? Yeah, it really happened. I guess if the quarantine really has you really desperate for entertainment and you've watched everything you can watch on Hulu and Netflix, there's this. CBS BlackRock Television Network, the, uh, the, 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 the network founded by William S. Paley as the epitome of broadcast excellence, actually ran a special called Haircut Night in America. That featured celebrities cutting their own hair. (laughs) Yeah, that's a head-scratcher, all right. It was a one-hour special hosted by Jerry O'Connell. How much did they have to pay him to do that? Oh, and his wife helped out, too. Rebecca Romig. 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 How do you pronounce that? Rebecca Romig. 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 Anyway. And it had Kelly Osbourne in there, too. Skier Lindsey Vaughn, hockey player P.K. Subban, as well as frontline health care workers. The press release says this, quote, With the majority of salons and barbershops still closed while America shelters in place, many increasingly hairy people are missing their regularly scheduled salon appointments and now more than ever need expert advice on how to rein in their unruly manes. In Haircut Night in America, top stylists will expertly guide celebrities in a cut-along from their homes and reveal the final looks, no matter the outcome. Yes, folks, it has come to this. COVID-19 is the gift that just keeps on giving. Well, And as we celebrate Memorial Day, you realize that over half of us Americans don't know why we celebrate it. I mean, it is the unofficial start of summer. And what kind of a summer are we going to have? You know, concerts are being postponed. Uh, Social distancing is keeping people, well, in their own little circle at the park. Um, And it's, it's just crazy. 
But I, I'll tell you what Memorial Day is about, because half of us don't have a clue. A new survey found 57% of Americans don't know that Memorial Day is when we honor fallen members of the armed forces who died in service. A third said they weren't sure what the difference was between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. And over a quarter thought Memorial Day was all about honoring all veterans, which is really what Veterans Day is about. And then you've got Armed Services Day. Well, that said, 83% of us think it's important to do something to commemorate the holiday, and we've got plans this year, even though 8 out of 10 people say they have to do things a little differently because of this lockdown. Some of the top ways we've commemorated Memorial Day were flying a flag, obviously, or leaving a flag or flowers at a soldier's grave, or maybe even attending a patriotic event with social distancing practiced, flying a flag at half-mast and visiting a monument or a war memorial if they were open. But, um, yeah, basically, um, I think, what is it, um, the, the, all, the, the, uh, the, the, the day that we celebrate Veterans Day, that's former people in the military, okay? Um, and Memorial Day is the ones that have basically died in their uniform. You know what I'm saying? You know? So, um, anyway... So um, Google had their annual report of America's top spelling searches. Features a lot of states looking up quarantine and canceled. No surprise. This time of the year is when the National Spelling Bee takes over ESPN. And, well, for a brief moment in time, everyone gets really super hot on spelling. But sadly, the Spelling Bee was canceled. But that didn't stop Google from its annual tradition of releasing the results of America's Spelling Searches. Uh, they put together a map of the most common how-do-you-spell searches in every state so far this year. And the most commonly looked-up word is, you guessed it, quarantine. Uh, people in Washington, Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Pennsylvania, and New York all search for that spelling the most. Now, the second most popular search is canceled. Does it have one or two L's? There's really no definitive answer, although in the U.S. we usually go with one. I also have to give two special shout-outs. The word that people in Kansas have the most trouble spelling is cook. Not really. And the word people in Virginia look up the spelling for the most often is, believe it or not, Virginia. So no uh, no spelling bee on ESPN. However, I think that ESPN has come up with um, a really interesting new summer sports series that just might get a lot of folks interested, especially here in Pennsylvania. At ESPN, we know you crave the intense, thrilling action of live sports. Well, we don't have any of that, but we do have the next best thing. ESPN Cornhole. Cornhole. ESPN is the home of heart-pounding, white-knuckle, bag-on-bag action of professional cornhole. Yes, they're actually getting paid. The backyard game you reluctantly play only because beer is involved is now TV's hottest sport. Cornhole. Tune in, and five minutes later, you'll say, Oh, man, we really need a COVID vaccine, like, soon. If you're looking for edge-of-your-seat fist-pounding action, it's right in the cornhole. Cornhole on ESPN. What the hell else you going to watch? Well, keep my feet from dancing. 
Oh, yeah. Well, did you know that artificial intelligence can now guess your personality from a selfie? That could be dangerous for some people. I don't know. But it seems that your selfies can probably reveal more about you than you might think. There's some researchers from two Russian universities built an artificial neural network, an AI, that assesses 128 different factors of a person's face, like the width of their mouth, the height of the lips or eyes. Then it uses the data from these readings to categorize a person based on five personality traits, conscientiousness, neuroticism, extroversion, agreeableness, agreeableness, and openness. Now, when compared to questionnaires filled out by the volunteers, the AI made pretty accurate predictions about the people based upon their photos of their faces with about 58% accuracy. The system was better at making personality predictions about women and was strongest when recognizing conscientiousness. Now, researchers say the AI is better than the average person at rating a person's personality in person without knowing anything about them and say that the system could help bosses identify the most suitable job applicant, and could even help dating websites determine the best matches. All of this sounds so cool. You know, it's like, wow, until you realize it could go into the wrong hands. And then all the conspiracy theorists start getting all excited. The, the same thing, you know, with, you know, the ability to, you know, they're now saying, to probably you want to limit the use of cash because it has, you know, more chances of getting spreading the COVID-19 virus, right? So we're going to be doing that out of public safety. So, yeah, it's going to start getting a little weird here. I mean, people are going to say, I don't know whether I want to hold cash or not, you know? Rather than just like practicing general cleanliness and personal hygiene, you know? And and the idea that Google can track your, you, you know, where you're going, which is kind of cool. It's always, I mean, it's nice to have that, you know, because, you know, I, it, it, there, there are, but, you know, then, you know, the more information you have, the more information that can be used. So I guess it's a interesting trade-off. But now we have taking selfies and now we have computers that are now looking at your personalities, you know. It's going to be a weird place to live in about another 50 years if we make it that far. Right now, we're just too busy trying to maintain our social distance, and Burger King is here to help. Burger King is debuting. They already have the um, Impossible Whopper, and I think they call it the Impossible Whopper because it's almost impossible for me to eat it (laughs) because there's no meat in it. Well, they now have a new Whopper. The new Burger King social distancing whopper. No, this is the real thing. Burger King knows onion breath can be quite offensive, and it has come up with a clever idea in light of the pandemic. The social distancing whopper, and there is a commercial for the sandwich that hit YouTube back in, like, around May 21st or so. Shows a woman and a man waiting for an elevator. The man appears to say hello. The woman, repulsed by the stench of his breath, chooses to take the stairs. Now, the clip 
of course, it's in Italian, concludes with the triple onion whopper that helps others stay away. Now, the sandwich apparently includes three times the amount of onions compared to the regular whopper. Yeah, of course, you know, my feeling is if you're, you know, using a mask, that really shouldn't be a problem, don't you think? Because if you have a mask on, you shouldn't worry about the social distancing. Now, I went out and bought my mask, and I didn't get your typical, you know, white or black or blue or whatever. I mean, I want to support my alma mater. So there's some folks in Jonesboro, Arkansas, that are making some relatively classy-looking and well-constructed face coverings for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. And, of course, you know, I saw that. And Governor Asa Hutchinson, the governor of Arkansas, he's wearing them. So, I mean, if Governor Hutchinson can wear them, I can too, right? So, um, yeah, I ordered me a couple of uh, the Arkansas State Red Wolves face coverings. Although I did see this. You know, you've seen those interesting bold commercials for the Duluth Company that they sell underwear, you know. Well, now they've come up with something for folks that would like to cover their face that, well, some people have used underwear on their face, but this is something a little different. This is what average face masks feel like. (laughs) This is what Duluth buck naked face masks feel like. (sighs) Duluth Trading Company buck naked face masks. Feels like there's no pandemic at all. No corona, no smelling your own breath. It's actually just buck-naked underwear that you put on your face. So make sure to wash it. Buck-naked face masks. Get a pair. I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving and the stupidity that is always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask... I'm always insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast or a question you might have, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment might even just be played and or talked about in a future podcast. And if you or someone you know would actually like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. And if you have that Anchor app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Download the app at your favorite app store and add our podcast, my podcast, to your favorites. You can also email me with comments and questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. That's insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.com. Of course, you should certainly subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you listen to it on Apple, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Spotify. And of course, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. That's Insane, E-R-I-K, L-A-N-E. So I guess I come into work this week and, uh, you know, it's uh, a little different. You know, you're coming back and, you know, we're, you've been working from home for three months. So it was going pretty good until, you know, then we get the, uh, the word from the bosses that uh, starting, you know, like, 
next week, meaning the 1st of June, we're going to put into place the post-pandemic work plan. So, uh, yeah, uh, I come into work today, and um, it's uh, signs all over the place. You know, stop. Have you washed your hands? Uh, face masks required beyond this point. And uh, six-foot distance of separation. You know, all this kind of stuff. Signs are all over the, all over the building. It's the most Orwellian feeling to be away from work for three months and come back and find that, you know. But uh, such is life after um, the coronavirus. So, but the good thing is, I can wear my, I can wear my face mask that I <clears throat> that I got um, that proudly displays the Arkansas State Red Wolves. That's that's the good thing about it. So, hey, look, if I got to put one of the things on my face, I'm going to make a statement. You know, that's all there is to it. <laughs> but. And I also found out that um, after, you know, being, you know, working in pajama pants for uh, three months, sitting in your little chair at your desk, um, and then you go back to the actual job where you have to stand. It's amazing the amount of lower back pain that suddenly crops up. It's crazy. But anyway... Back at it again, and back at another bizarre story that I came across at work. Um, don't think I'm going to be adding this to my collection, but now you can own, for your very own, um, the king of all cups. As Elvis Presley's customed bedazzled jockstrap is up for auction. The rhinestone-studded athletic supporter comes complete with the king's initials in blue diamondettes on the waistband. Could fetch over thirty-six thousand bucks. Yeah, when it goes on the auction block, it's part of the Elvis Presley Museum collections being sold by Paul Fraser Collectibles. The strap was actually made by a fan. Actually, was worn by the king for years up until his death in 1977. It's extravagant. It's absurd. It's sexually potent. The rhinestone-studded jockstrap is definitely pure Elvis Presley. I'm sure the new owner won't be able to resist strapping it on and wearing it out on a Saturday night. The Elvis magic will work wonders, I'm certain. (laughs) It's a rare opportunity to own an intimate, and I do mean intimate piece of the king. Uh, That's right. Some other Elvis items that may be on the auction block. Well, fried peanut butter, banana and bacon sandwich encased in lucite, or a bullet-ridden TV set, or an exercise bike. Of course, never used, but still. Bedpost containing 237 2,371 notches. That'd be good. Maybe an unreleased reggae single. Are you lonesome tonight, man? I don't know. Some other Elvis items that could be up on the auction block sometime in the future. A ruby-encrusted toilet plunger. Sweat-stained cape. Sweat-stained scarf. Sweat-stained jumpsuit, etc. I don't know if the jockstrap is sweat-stained, though. That's the thing. Bottle of Percodin personally autographed by Dr. Nick. I don't know if I'd want that. 
maybe a velvet painting of um, himself, maybe. A 1973 Cadillac, only driven once to the local Hardee's. You might find a lot of other things on the auction block for Elvis. You never know. Well, um, I've been reading a lot of these really cool stories about, you know, folks getting innovative um, and um, being... uh, doing a lot of good, generous things to folks. Um, well, consider John Krasinski. John Krasinski is getting hammered for selling his YouTube show. You know the, you know the show I'm talking about. Some good news? Sold it to Viacom CBS. Okay, John started the show mainly just to brighten people's lives during the pandemic. He did eight episodes and charged nothing for them. But there is talk that uh, with the sale, at least some of the content will now air on CBS All Access, which is a pay service. It's going to soon be rebranded anyway to calling it Viacom CBS or something. I don't know. But John is staying with the show as a producer, but he's not going to host it anymore. Now, here are some of the salty comments he's been getting. Of course, these are all in the Twitterverse. It says, quote, so he made... Eight YouTube videos comprised largely of unpaid contributions from fans, sold the brand to a major conglomerate, and isn't even going to make it anymore. Just cashed out? Does this rub anyone else the wrong way? Kinda. And this one. This will lose the heart of SGN and become just another corporate money-making, watered-down version of what it once was. Now, John hasn't replied to the hate, but... The SGN Twitter account said, quote, we are going to be free and available on multiple platforms. SGN lives on and we hope you come with us. Now, the show's YouTube channel has probably a little more than two and a half million subscribers and over 70 million views. Now, look, if SGN truly is still free, that's great. But what a lot of people are worried about is that uh, the show was an independent entity completely free of corporate meddling or conflicts of interests. Can it stay that way under a massive media conglomerate like Viacom, CBS? Eh, I don't know. Probably not. Then again, with said massive media conglomerates behind it, it can also probably expand its reach and, I don't know, what the show is capable of pulling off. I don't know. I mean, look what happened to Christian rock and contemporary Christian music. You know, for the longest time, it was a little-known entity except for those in the know. And, of course, the production suffered. It wasn't really that good. Go back and listen to some of the contemporary Christian music and Christian rock of the 70s and early 80s, you know, and it's just kind of, wow, you know. I mean, you might have a Michael Lamartian or somebody like that. And then all of a sudden, what ended up then was um, this little company called SoundScan come along and, you know, SoundScan used to, would I guess they're still around. I don't know what they do, but they basically report the sale of music. And uh, so SoundScan came to the little mom-and-pop Bible bookstores that sold their little corner of contemporary Christian music in the section in the back of the store. And they said, look, why don't you start reporting to us the number of, of music albums and cassettes that you sell? And all of a sudden, you know, BMG and Sony and these other companies begin to see, you know, reports of little labels like Word Incorporated and Frontline Music and Forefront Records. And what's this? And the next thing you know, 
they're starting to say, hey, you know, we could buy up these little small Christian labels and make a little extra money. And of course, they come to the Christian labels and the Christian labels, which could really use some good corporate money to improve their own production sound, said, well, yeah, this will help Christian music become so much better. And well, it did, but it didn't. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we got the commercialization of contemporary Christian music and Christian rock. You know, it kind of everything become homogenized. Of course, you know, now we have Skillet and we have all these other bands that are making it into the big time and which is good. And, you know, some of them have not compromised their message. But really, I kind of I kind of miss the old days. So SGN, well, I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical as to whether they're going to keep their uh, their true calling, you know? I mean, there were positives and negatives that really aren't worth arguing about until the show comes back, and we'll just see how it's changed, I guess. I don't know. But good luck anyway. Uh, speaking of trying to really stretch it to new um, to a new platform, I- I'm not sure exercising and eating pints of ice cream really go together hand-in-hand, hand, but... Here we go. Nike and Ben and Jerry's have teamed up not to make ice cream. No, they're making a shoe. It's called the Nike SB Dunk Low X Ben and Jerry's or the Chunky Dunky. And, well, they started showing up in stores. The shoes basically look like a little pint of Ben and Jerry's on your feet. (laughs) Really? They have the bright blue, green, and yellow colors, and the black and white cow print all over. And, of course, if you want a pair, well, good luck. They're going on sale, and they're probably going to—they've already, they've already, they've probably already sold out. Some people are actually able to grab a pair for 100 bucks, and then they're reselling them for more than 1300 bucks. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Jerry. You've seen our Chunky Dunky sneaker, but we're not done. Introducing Ben and Jerry's footwear. Hockey season is about to start up again. Try on our ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice skates. Baseball more, you speed? Grab some hay batter brownie batter salted caramel cleats. What if you're just starting to move around after lockdown? You need a pair of chubby hubby cross trips. You'll look so good, your wife will think you're cheating. Or maybe you're a lady type who can't wait to get back out to the club. Strap on these sweet sugar cookie stilettos. You know what I'll be wearing. Oh, sure. Our peanut butter pecan sandals. And we're not just making footwear based on ice cream. We've got new ice cream coming based on feet. Get ready for Athlete's Foot Fudge Chunk. Ben and Jerry's Footwear. In your grocer's shoe department. No thanks. I think I'll stick with my Chuck Taylors. Yeah. Anyway. So, now there's a new way, though, to get revenge on your ex. Hire a porn star to yell at them. There's really no limit, folks, to the human imagination when it comes to dreaming up ways to get back at your ex who did you wrong. Apparently, the latest new trend in revenge is uh, called spite porn. You hire this porn star to make a real sexy video for your ex. Then, as the video is just starting to warm up nice and hot, the porn star suddenly starts berating your ex and telling him exactly why there's such a terrible, horrible person. And there's even a dominatrix named Allie Knox, 
who has started specializing in these videos. Now she charges, you ready for this? 10 bucks a minute to make the video where she really lets your ex have it. And she says she's pretty good at it. Quote, thanks to the men in my life that have sucked and given me so much material to work with. Yeah. Okay. Well, an elementary drive through graduation got interrupted, not with a spite porn, but with a rather explicit sign from an unhappy neighbor. It happened in Santa Fe South Sparrow Elementary School in Oklahoma City recently. It was organized a drive-by summer send-off party for their 500 or so students. Now, parents and teachers decorated posters and cars. You know how they do that, right? But a neighbor of the school wasn't okay with it. The man only identified as uh, Albert. That's right. Albert lives across the street from the school. Made his own sign. It said, shut the F up and stuck it in his front yard. <laughs> he told the local news reporters the gathering is just a constant air horns and honking. Superintendent of Santa Fe South Schools, Chris Brewster, was called immediately and says, well, we don't want to use that around the little ones, but he won't apologize. Albert won't. Brewster says it was a good day and it didn't spoil the fun that they had. Of course, what, a drive-by party for 500 students complete with air horns and honking? I would, I mean, I really hate to say this, but I don't know. Some folks may be with Albert on this one. 500 students? Well, unless they're, you know, technically on his lawn. Get off my lawn! I'm not sure a mean old man has any jurisdiction, but anyway. And uh, we have a Domino's driver reportedly got himself fired. Now, not because he was holding a sign cursing at kids. He was actually cursing at kids. That didn't leave him a tip. Yeah. Um, there was a video that surfaced of him getting into a row with some customers in that video, he can be very clearly heard saying that if he doesn't get tipped, he doesn't get paid. TMZ reported the incident occurred in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The teens were home by themselves. Their dad was out of town. The dad said his daughter used his credit card to make the purchase with Domino's over the phone. So the delivery guy gets there. Apparently, she forgot to fill out the section for the tip. So the family's doorbell camera filmed the whole driver sarcastically saying, hey, thanks for the tip. And that's when the dad's sons shrugged his old shoulders, and then the driver starts cussing him out. The father complained to the general manager of the store, and the owner apologized and gave each of the kids a $200 gift card and gave the family a $100 gift card. Yeah. Now, now the kids have to... Eat hundreds of dollars with a free Domino's pizza? I mean, come on. Sh shouldn't that be punishment to fit the crime? I mean, come on. Trust me, though. The last guy you want to make angry is the guy who delivers your food, you know? Anyway. Well, Grimes and Elon Musk have to change your baby's name. That's right. They have to change it to something other than a numerical number. So you can say goodbye to the number 12 and hello to the Roman numeral 12. Yeah, Grimes and Elon Musk have changed the baby boy's name, according to the singer, because it didn't comply with California law. The new mom shared the news on Instagram. A follower asked her what the baby's new name was, and she came back and said, X-A-E-A-Dash 
XII. She answered in the comments later saying, Roman numerals looks better, TBH. When a separate fan noted that she removed the numbers to conform to California law, the songstress also noted that California permits one dash at a time. Wow. It's reported shortly after little XAEA-XII was born that his name could be problematic in the Golden State because an approved name can only use the 26 alphabetical characters of the English language. Although they removed the numeric 12 from the name, Grimes did not mention cutting the little AE squishy thing, you know, which uh, she previously said represents my elven spelling of AI, uh, you know, I, love and or artificial intelligence. I mean, that's a shame, too, you know, because with a name like that, I mean, his only number, that'd be probably the only number he'd be getting, frankly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the new name in XAE, it's the it's not the A, it's not the squished AE. It's now they have to separate them, you know. So XAEA-XII, I think that translates into kick me once he goes to school. The billionaires all race to space With the rocket ship programs But only one of those guys Is like a Bond villain He's got a flamethrower and a widow wife Gave his kid a stupid name On a podcast he got high And his rocket's gonna launch from Florida It doesn't quarantine from Corona Not just a guy who builds electric cars Oh yeah, yeah, yeah He is Elon Musk Elon Musk Blasting up the rocket ship he built And astronauts are flying on SpaceX he said he will be launching Tom Cruise next To make a movie at the space station Oh yeah, yeah, yeah He is Elon Musk Elon Musk Blasting up the rocket ship he built Definitely, the name is pretty random. I'll tell you that for a name of a kid. Random things that kids get named by their parents. Then there's random things parents have caught their kids doing. May, you know, I'm sure you may be a parent. You may have caught your kid doing something really weird from time to time. Well, there's a Reddit user was asking parents to share some of the weirdest things they caught their kids doing. And, well, there are some interesting responses. Here's one from charged unicorn peach when my son was about four i caught him looking up at the light fixtures and whispering and i asked him what he was doing and he said i'm asking all the light bulbs in the house not to fall and kill you gee thanks son 
And here's one from the Cranky Mommy. I caught my twins who are in first grade measuring each other's penises with a tape measure. I walked in after their baths and caught one on his back with his legs in the air. My husband said, you don't do that until high school. Now, this reminds me of the story that I will not mention which one. But yes, there was a funny story with one of my boys and penises and bubblegum. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anymore. Here's one from Rebecca, who says, When I was little, my mom caught me bringing eggs to my room and sitting on them in a blanket nest, hoping they would hatch. I put the eggs back in the fridge when they didn't hatch after a few days. Hmm. Rocking the Crocs said this on Reddit about random things they've caught their kids doing. We caught my sons, three and six at the time, sitting on the toilet together, one behind the other, pooping. They told us it was a double poop. And Dirty Gray Sock said, caught my kid coating himself in Costco garlic powder. <laughs> Stu Shepard says, we caught our daughter packing peas from our garden up her nose. We had to take a trip to the ER where the doctor thought it was hilarious. No, I got one better than that. My own sister, I remember this, going to see my uncle in South Arkansas. Okay, so we're down there. Of course, my uncle grows peanuts in South Arkansas, right? My dad would go down and we would get a big bag of raw peanuts and we'd take them home and he would parch them in the oven. Lovely smell of peanuts, you know. I think I've said this before. So my sister... For some reason, and I'm not sure how old she was, might have been four or five, I don't know, maybe younger, could be three. But for some reason, curiosity got the best of her, and she probably thought, what would happen if I stuck one of these raw peanuts up my nose? Not the shell. No, she she shelled the peanut, took the little red skin off the nut, and then stuck it up her nose. And, of course, it being raw, so it absorbed all the moisture, and it swelled up. And, yep, that meant a trip to the ER. (laughs) Yep, that's right. And then here's a couple that gets their wedding date tattooed on their arms. What a lovely thing. But then the coronavirus strikes. Yeah, Donald and Fanula Kearney of Kent, England, got their wedding date tattooed on their arms. Of course, they were drunk at the time, and they were vacationing in Turkey. The couple was scheduled to get married October 16th of 2020, but, well, that had to get postponed until 2021 because of the coronavirus. And now they're stuck with the Roman numerals on their arms. Kearney says, we looked down at our arms one day and realized it said the wrong date. I have a few small, skinny, or funny tattoos that I've gotten on drunken holidays, so I wasn't too fussed, but it was the cherry on top of the cake. All you can do is laugh at situations like this. The couple saw the uh, humor in the situation, and they've been asking their family and friends for ideas about what they can do on the original date of the wedding. Somebody suggested that we should just lie and tell everyone that the tattoos say the right date. So, yeah, I don't know. Fortunately, I don't have to worry about that because I have never had a tattoo that I regret because I don't have any tattoos. 
even though they seem to be the growing thing. But for me, see, as pale as my skin is, it would just look more like graffiti. So, yeah. And somebody said, well, have you ever thought about what kind of tattoo you would get? And I'm like, I really haven't. Maybe if I thought if I really wanted to, to, to stretch it and think about it, the closest thing I could come to would be one of those cool-looking Scottish griffins, you know? But where would I put it? See, the thing is, people get tattoos and they hide it. You know, well, I have a tattoo under here. <laughs> oh, so that means you're not going to show me. So why do you spend the money and the pain only to have, have it revealed at certain times to certain people? <laughs> I don't know. But yes, there were a few folks that did have some tattoos they regretted. Actually, um... Uh... Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, there was a guy in my unit who uh, got a tattoo of a spider on his unit. And uh, I, I'll tell you, he it, it, he didn't want to pay to have the female uh, tattoo artist do it, so uh, he he wasn't very proud of uh, <laughs> of how he got it done either. I had a friend, um, and he was younger. He was like 18, 19, and he got a tattoo of his fiance, like, her name and, and, like, really pretty and stuff on his back. It wasn't, like, an all-back tattoo, but they ended up not getting married for uh, different reasons or whatever. So he had his ex-fiance's name on the back of his shirt or the back of his back. I have a friend. His name is Chris, and he wanted to get a Superman tattoo. And the guy did the absolutely wrong colors for the Superman symbol, and he misspelled Superman. Instead of an E in super, he put an A. So it's Superman. Well, I do know my ex-sister-in-law, she's got a, a pair of lips tattooed on her butt. Actually, one of our friends, like, kissed the, nap kissed the napkin for her, and then she went and got it tattooed. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. Joe Biden is being mocked for saying the nickname for Donald Trump is President Tweety. Now, it makes more sense, I think, when you realize Biden thinks he's Sylvester the Cat. Yeah, I, I don't know. Joe, you know, is trying to come up with a good presidential campaign slogan. And, well, my microphone was there and picked up some. Okay, as you know, we're here to come up with a campaign slogan for Joe Biden. I thought he had one already. Nah, Joe's still feeling things out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like that? It's funny, isn't it? The campaign wants something unforgettable. Good luck with that. Joe forgets everything. Touche. <laughs> well, they want us to focus on what he's known for. Uh, groping women and sniffing hair. I smell a lawsuit. In my defense, he's favored to win by a nose. <laughs> Very funny. Come on, what do Democrats like about him the most? That he's not Trump? That's not a slogan. Sure it is. Biden 2020. I'm not Trump. Give me the phone. What are you doing? Calling Joe. He doesn't have call waiting? No, he's old school. Let me try his beeper. An Arizona school teacher who was busted for having sex with a male student now has filed for divorce from her husband. Apparently he wouldn't let her go to the prom. The woman was caught on video with a student. But in her defense, under Common Core, you have to show your work. A Malaysian drug dealer has become the first person to be sentenced to death via a Zoom call. Poor guy. I think he thought he was showing up to a bingo game. 
needless to say, it was the worst Zoom hang ever. Prince Charles is urging high school students to give a, get a job picking fruit. They wouldn't be the first kids, school kids uh, to work for Apple. Prince Charles is uh, obviously urging the kids to get these jobs like this, picking the fruits, and, you know, I guess Prince Andrew urging high school students to come over. Former Bengals wide receiver Chad Johnson left a $1,000 tip at a reopened Florida restaurant. Now, I realize it sounds generous, but Chad Johnson was a Bengal, see, so, well, he's used to bailing people out. And 2.4 million Americans have filed unemployment claims, spraying the total coronavirus job losses down to 38 million. And that's not even counting the amount of dead people that filed. A growing number of people have been attending these coronavirus parties in hopes of intentionally catching the disease. And now to try to explain the insanity, if not the dangers of coronavirus parties, well, I've uh, got a spokesperson that might speak to the uh, intellect age of these uh, stupid people. Hi, kids. The world is a big, scary place, and I'm going to help you make sense of it all. Let's learn about kids' COVID parties. Your mommy wants to keep you safe, so here's what she was thinking. Have a big party to boost your immunity to COVID-19. Maybe mommy's been drinking. Great idea, Mom. Go get the virus so you can give it to Grandma. Did you? Give the COVID virus to your nana Because you forgot to put on your bandana Got infected at a party Gave your grandma something gnarly Now she can't breathe and your family's gone bananas A COVID party sounds like a lot of fun Until you get to the part where you killed your grandparents Bernie loves you Scientists have a word for these people. They're called idiots. Hillary Clinton raised $2 million for Joe Biden during a fundraiser that was held on Zoom. Apparently, Bill had a lot of cash lying around because the strip clubs were closed. A variety survey found that due to the coronavirus, 70% of Americans would rather watch new movies at home than go to the theater. And plus, in the economy like we've had, it doesn't seem smart to invest 52 bucks in popcorn. This movie survey took forever to get through because there were so many previews. A couple uh, was on a video having sex on the platform of a New York City subway, and it's gone viral. Unfortunately, they got off at the wrong stop. Of course, they don't call it the D train for nothing. Share is now 74 years old. She had a big birthday with an outdoor social distancing party. And they're having another one here pretty soon because her face just turned 22. An NFL player has filed an anonymous lawsuit against United Airlines claiming that uh, an intoxicated woman fondled his uh, man parts while he was asleep during a cross-country flight. Apparently, he's a little upset the airline didn't wake him up for this. He missed all the fun. The passenger was called for illegal use of the hands, which is a 15-row penalty and uh, automatic first down. President Trump continues to spread a conspiracy theory that MSNBC host Joe Scarborough 
killed an intern in his office in 1991. Trump's Twitter feed has become one of those old-school choose-your-own-adventure books, right? Now, to investigate a murder, tune to Tweet91. To hear about America's winning bigly, scroll to Meme42. Scarborough didn't kill anybody, but watching his show kind of makes me want to kill myself. Quinnipiac poll shows that Joe Biden actually is leading President Trump recently by 22 points with women who are over the age of 65. They're the ones who forgot that he groped them. And conservative pundit Ann Coulter tweeted that President Trump is, quote, a disloyal actual R-word for not endorsing his former Attorney General Jeff Sessions in the Alabama Senate race. Ann's an okay gal. I mean, I just wish she wouldn't hold back so much. The silly thing about politics, though, is what, 10,000 liberals liked her tweet. But if she used that kind of language to describe a Democrat, they'd ban her for hate speech. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Award. Southwestern Indiana police say a man allegedly attacked a neighbor with a weed whacker leaving him with cuts on his back as the two men feuded over grass clippings left along a roadway. 48-year-old Gail Kemmerer was arrested on a preliminary charge of battery with a deadly weapon. Evansville man remained jailed without bond ahead of a probable cause hearing. Now, the Evansville Courier and Press reports that Kemmerer told deputies he, he attacked his neighbor after the man blew grass clippings onto him while using a riding lawnmower to clear a roadway of clippings Kemmerer had produced while he was clearing a ditch. Uh, by the way, the story definitely confused people in other states. You know, I bet folks in California and Oregon, Washington were like, Oh man, I thought the grass mellowed people out, dude. <laughs> this poor guy took a weed whacker to the back, though. Whereas most men during quarantine just took a weed whacker to the head after letting their wives give haircuts. And then there's this. A man from Portland, Oregon, says he was flying from Phoenix to Las Vegas with his 10-year-old son when he noticed nearly half of the passengers on board were not wearing face masks. He tells KATU News, he was trying to keep his child safe and specifically chose to fly southwest because of their policy, which requires passengers to wear masks or face coverings. According to Southwest Airlines' website, the policy went into place May 11th. The airline said it would provide face coverings for anyone that did not bring one before their flight. KATU News, though, reached out to Southwest, and the spokesman said in part, while our employees are not expected to control the personal behaviors of customers, employees, and crews, we'll respectfully request that customers abide by the policy, and we have existing guidelines for managing any issue that escalates. Okay. Flying Southwest without a face mask is pretty dangerous, but still not as dangerous as flying Spirit Airlines with a face mask. Of course, in my opinion, not wearing a face mask on a plane is just crazy. Stupid, actually. Not because of the corona risk, but because you risk inhaling everyone's farts. How about this? Yankee star Aaron Judge's girlfriend, Samantha Braxiak was busted on extreme DUI charges in Arizona. 26-year-old Braxiak was stopped around 11.50 at night 
Back in February, in Scottsdale, cops allegedly caught her driving a white 2017 Honda HRV without the headlights on while going up to 10 miles above the speed limit. When the cops questioned her about the headlights, she said she hadn't realized that they were off. I could smell a strong odor of intoxicating beverages coming from inside the vehicle and from her breath as she spoke, the cops wrote in the report, adding that Braxiak was slurring her words and had bloodshot eyes. A dead giveaway. Court records show Black Braxiak was charged with extreme DUI for alleged blood alcohol concentration level between 0.15 and 0.19, which, as well as the headlight violation and, of course, changing lanes in an unsafe manner. Braxiak pleaded not guilty and her case is still pending. And if convicted, she faces potential jail time and fines. It's kind of amazing how one bad decision can change your life dramatically. You know, she went from dating a judge to facing a judge. Of course, after hearing the news, Aaron Judge ruptured an eardrum and, well, he'll be out two to three months. For those of you who don't know, Aaron Judge is always injured. You know, I think this guy's hurt more than he strikes out, which is all the time. But what about this story? They put the bar in a salad bar, a Missouri supermarket, selling miniature liquor bottles instead of veggies at a serve-yourself salad station during this coronavirus crisis. According to a viral tweet, my grocery store has replaced the salad bar with um, liquor, said one shopper, posting this on Twitter, along with the photo of the boozy bar she says was found at a Deerberg's market. The image, which shows piles of 99-cent hard liquor bottles on one side of the station, along with beer on the other, drew cheers from pandemic-weary booze hounds on social media. Best salad bar ever, said one person on Twitter. This salad bar definitely changed lives, I'll say that. Yep, I can't even imagine how many people went vegan after checking it out. Of course, whenever I go to the salad bar, I usually get some potato salad. But, you know, what? Vodka is made from potatoes, so eh, kind of the same thing. Oh, and you got to check this one out. Talking about wearing masks. Okay. Um, Though even wearing a mask, a man was not socially distanced from his partner as the couple had sex on the New York City subway platform, an underground encounter that was gleefully recorded and narrated by a construction worker uh, from the other side of the tracks. Told you about this a little bit in the previous segment. Now, this video, which began circulating online, of course, was shot in the Flushing Avenue station of Brooklyn. And the clip shows this masked man uh, strategically positioned behind his partner, who is uh, bending over next to a steel beam. At one point, the man filming the action declares, Yeah, I don't care. I don't mind that. That's like Pornhub to me. After turning the phone to reveal his face, the cinematographer, who was wearing a mask and a reflective safety vest, shouted to the male half of the duo, Have a good one, bro! Since the coronavirus outbreak, subway ridership has seen a precipitous drop. Beginning earlier this month, the entire system had been shut down from 1 in the morning to 5 in the morning just to allow workers to disinfect the trains and stations, I guess so. (laughs) I just love, though, how he was wearing a mask, but also having sex on the subway platform. Yeah, he's worried about catching corona, but I don't think he had no problem catching the clap. I mean, this is just downright 
inconsiderate, really. I mean, didn't this couple realize that by having sex, they could wake up all of the homeless people sleeping on the subway? How rude. Well, with Bill de Blasio in office, the people of New York City are kind of used to seeing residents getting screwed. Oh, and you'll never believe this. A Florida Sheriff's Office employee recently hit a camera in his roommate's bedroom to spy on her. Llewellyn Berkheiser III, 28-year-old communications specialist from Orange County's Sheriff's Office, was busted Saturday after his roommate found a GoPro camera in a vent in her bedroom. Berkheiser's roommate, who was not identified, told the deputy she's discovering the recording device when she noticed she couldn't see the light in the vent from an adjoining kitchen that was usually visible. Hmm. Berkheiser told the woman the maintenance man from the apartment complex possibly put the camera there, but the woman checked with building records and found that no employees had been in the apartment since back in March. He later admitted to putting the camera in the vent. Investigators also seized his camera, cell phone, and laptop, and he was charged with a count of video voyeurism and has been relieved of his duties as internal and criminal investigations are underway. Of course, this guy was obviously an absolute creep. I think there's a term for people like this. Pretty sure they call him a peeping Biden. This idiot obviously is terrible at spying, too. I mean, if he was any worse, he would have been hired by Obama during the 2016 election. Oh, and there's one more. Firefighters responded to a fire that broke out in San Jose in California. Uh, a little after midnight uh, on a Friday night, the fire reportedly took place at a porta potty yard. You just can't make this stuff up. Fire crews arrived at the scene and found at least 20 porta potties on fire. This is the second porta potty yard fire in the South Bay area in less than a week. Investigators have deemed the fire suspicious in nature. And they're continuing their investigation. Luckily, though, no injuries. Definitely a truly odd story indeed, yeah? Mainly because you normally only hear about fiery poops after somebody eats at Taco Bell. I'm just trying to figure out why somebody would purposefully light porta potties on fire. I'll bet it was the owner probably committing fraud to get out of a crappy business. Anyway... I conclude on a passing thought. I shook my family tree and a bunch of nuts fell out. Well, there has to be some acknowledgments of all the compilations and descriptions of the stupid world. I mean, what do you think? I write all this stuff by myself? So thanks to A-List Comedy, Ed Large Media, Premier Networks, Wise Brother Media, the Universal Comedy Network, Pulsar Radio, and United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com 
And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify, Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.